about this series. It's God's empowering presence. And today is why we need the Holy Spirit in our life. Why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And in your program, there's a set of uh, fill-in-the-blanks, and I encourage you, would you take that, and you can fill that out as, as I'm going along, and I'll try to uh, fill in all the blanks for you. If not, you can email me. But if I skip one, how many know it's okay? It's all right. The sun's going to set and the moon's going to come up tonight, and we'll still breathe oxygen. So, yeah. I read a quote this past week. A student who was studying for the ministry uh, went to his teacher. It was in the college or the seminary. And he said, God the Father makes perfectly good sense to me, and God the Son I can quite understand. But the Holy Spirit is like a gray oblong blur. How many of you might be able to identify with some of that? If Man, there's only a few of you. Okay, that's great. Yeah. For so many, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we don't, it's sort of like we don't quite know where to put this whole thing. Our experience, we associate it with perhaps miracles and power or the gifts of the Spirit. But I, I, I want to unpack for the next few weeks about the, God's empowering presence, called the Holy Spirit that's among us, and why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Someone has said, too much word and we dry up. Too much spirit, and we blow up. But working together, we grow up. Too much word, and we dry up. Too much spirit, and we blow up. But working together, we grow up. Too often in the church, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is marginalized. I think part of it is, part of it is that... Uh, some are afraid it might get out of control, and so we marginalize the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But our experience should be rooted in God's Word, and I want to break this down and share this with you this morning. And I also want to declare on the basis of God's Word that the ministry of the Holy Spirit has, is central and has been central to the work of God on this earth ever since the time of creation. When the scripture opens in Genesis with this, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. And then in Genesis 1 and 2, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit said, let us make man in his image. And they formed him out of the ground, out of the earth, clay, and they breathed in him the Spirit of God or the breath of life, and man, humanity, became a living soul. So today, uh, as we look at God's Word, there's a few things as I share with you. One of them is this. Jesus, in the night that he was betrayed, you'll find this in uh, in John 14 and John 16, that he talked with them in those few hours that he had at that last meal. And one of the main things he talked about was the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he said this, 
he said that, I know you're sorrowful. You remember John 14, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. How do you remember that? Believe in me, believe in the Father. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go there to prepare a place for you. And one day I'll call you back to myself. He announced in John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, in those few hours that he would be betrayed and he would be taken and he was going to leave them and they became exceedingly sorrowful. And he said to them, don't be sorrowful. In John uh, 16, he said, for it is to your advantage that I leave you so that I can send to you the Holy Spirit another comforter, an advocate who will come and he will teach you all things. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit, as we, as we look into God's word, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to us what Jesus was to the disciples. Jesus manifested God's power, God's love, God's presence, and he has sent the Holy Spirit to the church and to us individually so that the very, if I could, the work of Jesus Christ could continue as though he was here. That's why we have the gifts of the Spirit. That's why uh, he empowers us so that people are not only saved and set free, but they are delivered. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The text I want to use today is found in Exodus 33. And in in this text... Moses says to God, unless your presence goes before us, do not lead us up from this place. They were at Mount Horeb. Remember what happened in Mount Horeb? Moses was up on the mountain. They received the Ten Commandments. How many remember that? And all the while, after he had gone a few days, the people grumbled and complained, and they said to Aaron, he's not coming back, and this, that, and the other, and Aaron allowed them to take their earrings off, their gold chains, all their gold, and they fashioned a golden calf, and they began to worship this golden calf instead of the Lord God who had delivered them. And the background for this is found in Exodus chapter 32. God's desire has always been that his presence dwell with his people. God wants to dwell with his people. Can someone say amen? He wants to dwell with us. That is his desire and intent from the Garden of Eden. When, he, when mankind, humanity became a living soul, the next thing that we see is that God came and dwelt with them and fellowshiped with them on a daily basis. Sin broke that. Exodus, God chose for himself a people that he would call Israel. And this this people called Israel were to be the keepers of the law and were to be witnesses of God. They're also to be a missionary missionary nation. And that's why you read in Psalms where God says, Ask of me and I will give you the, the nations. I will give you the islands of the sea. Missions is not something that we've invented in the church. It's always been the heart of God that men and women, boys and girls, would come into relationship with God through the works of His people as they love God with their whole heart. That's what the Scripture is all about. 
And so God chose out Israel. And I, I want to share one thing that might blow some of your minds. It's okay. Once again, the sun's going to set. But God never intended Israel to be comprised of Jew, Jewish people only. You're all quiet. Read the book of Galatians. And Paul talks about the new Israel that is comprised of Jewish people and Gentile people. The new Israel, the new church of God. How many are from the church of God? Let me see your hand. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's where that, that's, that's where that, it's called church of God. In, in fact, it's in the, in the scripture, it's not in Galatians, but assembly of God, that we, there's also a word for that, we get that. So, um, but anyway, God desired to dwell with his people. And so, the background for this whole thing is that God took Abraham up on the mountain and he was to write the Ten Commandments and Abraham was with him face to face. And prior to this in Exodus, beginning about in chapter 25, God had given specific instructions to Moses about how to make the temple and even the garments that they were to wear and the sacrifices that they were to do because God said... I want you to build a tabernacle so I can come down and dwell among my people. Can someone say praise God? His desire has always been to come and dwell among His people. It's why Jesus Christ came, John chapter 1, and we beheld Him as the only begotten of the Father. He was full of grace and truth and He tabernacled among us so we could see Him and what it meant to be to see God and his and God is love and God is power. While Moses was up on the mountain, uh, chapter 32 occurred, and we can call it the debacle in the desert when they made the golden calf. And God's word says, and the people ran wild. And the Bible also says, and Aaron let them run wild. It always falls on leadership. Always falls on leadership. And at this point, God then says to Moses, he said, I am going to come down. I, I am, he wasn't just sorry, but the character of God, the holiness of God had been so offended. The plans that he had made for his people to deliver them. And God in his white hot anger said to Moses, I'm going to come and destroy these people. I will not come down and dwell with them. From his desire to dwell among God's people, he came to a place and said, I cannot, I cannot tolerate this. And Moses cried out to God and he said, oh Lord, no God, don't do this. And Moses reminds God that, his, that, is, he is his, that, that Israel is his people, his nation. And so then we fast forward to the end of chapter 32 and beginning of, of chapter 35, uh, 33, and this is what God said. Okay, I won't come down. I won't destroy them. And I, you're going to go into the promised land. But instead of me dwelling among my people, I'm going to send an angel to go before you. God said, because if I came down, if I fulfilled my desire to dwell among you, I would destroy this people because they're obstinate and they're stiff-necked and they're stubborn. Uh, how many parents have ever had stubborn kids? Let me see your hands. 
All right, kids, just look straight at me. All right, close your eyes. <laughs> you know what stubbornness is, don't you? I'm not going to ask who, who's married here with their spouse and they have a stubborn spouse. I'm not going to ask that. Some of you already got your, you're like, you're, you're holding your hand down. Difficulty huh? when someone is stubborn, hard-hearted, hard-hearted. And God said, if I come down, if I come down in my intent and I dwell among them, my presence will destroy them. So instead, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send an angel before you, and he'll drive out the inhabitants of the land. You'll go into the promised land. This is the whole, the whole nub of why we need the presence of God, why we need the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. This is what Moses replied. He said, oh God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from this place. In other words, an angel is not good enough. Being your special people is not good enough. Being who we are and what we're known for is not going to be good enough. Lord, I remind you, he said, that this is your nation also, not just myself. And God said, my presence will go before you. Praise God. And you and I are here today because God has chosen his presence to dwell among us. The presence of God among us, there's three things I want to share with you. First of all, about the Holy Spirit. Number one is that the Holy Spirit is a person. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, He is a person. The second thing I want to share with you is that the Holy Spirit is presence. It's God's presence. The third thing is that the Holy Spirit is power. We need the Holy Spirit because we need a personal relationship with God. Exodus 33, 11. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Friends, God wants us to know that the Holy Spirit among us is not just a force or not just an influence. He is a person. He's the manifest presence of God, the Spirit. Do you long for a greater sense of God's presence in your life? Have you reached times in your life when you're dry, where life has overwhelmed you, where it seems like the heavens are brass, and your heart cries out to the Lord, Oh God, oh God, oh God, would you answer my prayers? Oh God, would you assure me that you're with me? The ministry of the Holy Spirit has been given to us. He is a person. Jesus said in John 14, 16, and 17, He said that, If I go, I'll send him to you, and he will come, and he'll abide in you, and he'll live in you. Praise God. He will teach you all things. 
He will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Jesus said that He would be our helper and our advocate. He would be, he would be God who comes alongside of us to help. To help us. Romans chapter 8 says that when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit Himself, Himself, not the Spirit, some force, some influence, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for you and for me. The Holy Spirit comes to glorify Jesus in our midst. We sang the song this morning, What a Beautiful Name It Is, the Name of Jesus. Around the world, we can go to different religions and while Not everyone has heard of God the Father or God the Holy Spirit. Almost everyone in the world that you encounter, if you say the name of Jesus, there's a connection that's there. The ministry of the Holy Spirit comes and as we, He comes to glorify Jesus. He comes to magnify Jesus in our lives. He comes to make Him real when we doubt His reality or we doubt His closeness or we doubt that He hears us. He comes because we need a personal relationship with Him. The Scripture calls Him our comforter, not just a force, but a comforter. He's the one who comes alongside. We can look to and long for and listen to and cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Praise His name. He's there to help you and He's there to help me. The second thing is, We need God to go with us. Verses 12 through 16 in Exodus, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you yourselves have not let me know who you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. I, uh, boy, I just love this about Moses. His leadership was not just about him and God and the unique advantages he had. And I've watched so many people, whether it's athletic stars or movie stars, people that came out of really hard circumstances, as soon as they've, I've watched so many, as soon as they've had success, they sort of forget about where they came from. Moses always brought God's people along with him. He said, God, remember, this is is your nation also. And so, in response, God said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? The Holy Spirit is a presence, and it's His presence that distinguishes God's people. 
It's what distinguished Israel. It wasn't the law, although they're the keepers of the law. It wasn't their system of sacrifices, although that's what God instructed them to do. But it was God's presence tabernacling in them, and it's God's presence tabernacling with you and with me and in his church that makes the difference. Without God's presence, the church is like another organization. In fact, if God's presence is not in the church, we cannot be empowered. We cannot be a life-giving church. For unless the Lord build the house, it labors in vain. Paul wrote, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. Can someone say praise God? He lives. He lives. He makes Jesus alive in our lives. We need him to go with us. And the presence of the Holy Spirit affects both believers and non-believers. 1 Corinthians 14, 24, 25 says this, that Paul was writing about the gifts of the Spirit that were to be public, and I believe are to be public in the, in the, in the public services when the church meets together. There were, there were words that there was not only worship and the declaration of God's Word, but he was specifically uh, mentioning the use of prophetic gifts, uh, words of wisdom, knowledge, uh, message in tongues and an interpretation. And he, he gave instructions for their use so that Jesus Christ could be glorified and magnified. And sometimes I believe we've marginalized the work of the Holy Spirit because we're afraid it will get out of hand or out of control. I'm, I'm so thankful that, uh, that my doctor, my physician... Um, in spite of people being involved in illegal drug trade and activity, he has continued to prescribe to me medication. How about you? To marginalize the work of the Holy Spirit because there's been excesses would be the same as your doctor say, just come and visit me, but I won't prescribe anything to you anymore because you might get out of control with it. Is there an amen in the house? Yes. That, that's an issue with people. That's not an issue with God. And, and what God's Word says is this, is that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14, 24 and 25, he said, when the gifts of the Spirit are evidenced in the church and you're worshiping, when the unbeliever comes down, they will feel convicted and even fall on their face and declare that God is in heaven. Praise God. That's powerful. How many understand that? When we deny that and say it's just word, 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 and we, and we misinterpret God's word, it leads to a dryness in services. It leads to no expectation that God is here. It leads to our prayers always being, God, if it's your will. Of course, if it's God's will, but how about praying in faith? God, you promised. God, you said. Lord, I claim your promises. Lord, you said to call out with tears and with crying. Lord, you said to that I can pray in other tongues. And, and Lord, you take over and my mind is, well, my mind is inactive. My spirit is alive to God. And Lord, you transport me to another place. And God, we pray in faith that you will do such and such. We claim the future that you have for us by your Spirit, by your promise. Can someone say amen? 
We do this because of the Spirit of God and God's presence is there. And it has an effect even on the believers and the unbelievers in our presence. Praise His name. Imagine with me. Imagine with me. In addition to how God has blessed Grace Assembly, that the gifts of the Spirit are present because we say, oh Lord God, we desire You. We long for You. We long for You to move in our lives in a way that we take it with us beyond the assembly and we take it with us and it affects us on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and it affects our perspective and what we live for and God, it changes our life. Imagine with me that. Imagine with me that when people come to be prayed for, that they, that they find that the power of God is here and they're comforted and they're built up and God heals people to the glory of His name. Praise God. Amen. Imagine with me. The third thing I want to share with you is that we need God's power to accomplish His work. Verse 19, the good news is, friends, we are not left alone to slug it out in the trenches. Can someone say praise God? We're not left alone. The Holy Spirit is power. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's what the book of Acts is about. You can read it. It's laid out. It's actually, that's the progression of the book of Acts. And the book of Acts, by the way, has no ending because I believe the book of Acts is being written right now. It's, we call it the Acts of the Apostles, but it's as much the Acts of the Church with the Apostles leading it as it is just the Acts of the Apostles because Joel 2.28 says this, that in the last day I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is power for witness, but it's also for endurance. Endurance. He comes alongside of us. It's also for this fancy word called, this big word, sanctification. It means that He's working on the inside and and next year at this time that we could say, God, You've done some things in me that that have never happened before. So verse 19, we need God's power to accomplish His work. And I I read this the other day and I I never noticed it. And I I know some of you think, Pastor, don't you... Don't you comprehend what you're reading in God's Word? It's not so. I do. But there's, how many know there are a lot of words in the Bible? And at least I'm reading it, right? Ooh, don't go there. All right. I have a pattern. This is what I know. Uh, and it's not legalistic, but I let to set goals. Anyone else like to set goals? Yeah, I just don't like to sort of think about things. How many know if you think about things and never do anything, guess what results is no thing. Okay, so I read through the Bible once a year. I know the Bible I use, it takes 5.5 pages a day, seven days a week. So I get down and I read, you know, okay, all right. This is page, what is this? How many, is this 148 days today? 
I think of the year. We're 148. No one's even counting. All you know is that the days are getting longer. Isn't that great? Yeah. And they're not all the way there yet. But anyway, so that, that's how I do it. But I've never noticed this. And this is one of my favorite texts. This Exodus 33, unless your presence goes with us, do not let us go up from this place for what will distinguish us from all the other people of the earth. Yes, God, yes, God, that's us. We need your presence. And I just sort of stop there. I get so caught up. Hallelujah, you know, God, you're so good. And I read 19 and it exploded off the page at me. And this is what God said. He said, When Moses said, your presence has to go with us in verse 19, and he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion in whom I will show compassion. I myself, the angels can't do it. But God said, I'll go with you, and I'm not only going to be present with you, here in the church when you come together, but as you go out into this world and into the marketplace, I myself will go before you and I will proclaim my name. I will make my name great before the nations, something that the angels can't do. And today we have this wonderful privilege and we say, oh, come Holy Spirit, we need you. Lord, we long for you. Lord, we long for your power. We long for your endurance. We long, Lord, for more of you. And when that happens, Jesus Christ is magnified and glorified. And when we partner with God's purposes, God says, I myself will go before you and I will show you favor and I will proclaim my name. Praise his name. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise his name forever and ever and ever. Praise God. It's one thing to have wonderful children's programs and from the nursery and the staff that we have and we have seasoned leadership in the church and and you hear me mention this a lot, but on Wednesday nights this place was, was packed out again and you see all these young adults that were up here this morning and they're making good choices. That's because God's power is present with us, but all of that and youth ministries and worship ministries and all that, unless the Lord is with us and proclaims his name, it's just a product of our own efforts. How many understand what I'm saying? But God's power is a sign that God's kingdom is here now. When John's disciples came to Jesus and said, are you the one or is there someone else to come? Jesus said, you go tell John that the blind see and the deaf hear and the lame walk. We say because of the power of the Spirit, I say to the enemy of our souls and to the enemy of our families and our kids and people, I say because of the power of the Holy Spirit, look at the kids that are making good choices. Praise God. Amen. Praise His name. Look at the kids and the young adults that are living for the praise of His glory. And because of the power of the Holy Spirit, it's a sign. None of us are perfect, but when someone has 
Someone has gone astray and and when they've gone astray, instead of saying, no, we kick you, get out of here, we don't want you, we minister in love and the power of the Holy Spirit to restore and to reclaim. And we say to the enemy, that's a sign of God's power and God's presence. Praise his name. Amen. That's what it's all about. So when we fail, instead of saying, that's it, you're done, it's over for the rest of your life, I see before me a people, and I'm here to testify my own life, that no matter how far we get from God, God's presence is there. He'll chase you down. He'll track you down. People will love you. They'll pray for you. They'll bear your burdens so that you can come back into the family of God and be restored. Praise His name. Praise God Almighty. Praise His name. That's a sign of the power of the Holy Spirit among us. The gifts of the Spirit continue the work of Jesus. The gifts of healing and prophecy and faith, giving, service, word of wisdom and knowledge, teaching. They continue the work of Jesus that He began on the cross as we appropriate the power of the Holy Spirit so that Jesus is present with us because of His ministry. And I want to close with this this morning. Jesus said, He said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. But before you do, first wait. 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 I hate to get going. I have to wait. How about you? How many run late on Sunday mornings? Let me see your hand. Just quickly. You know what I'm doing. Why is it Sunday mornings are like, oh my goodness. I had to go down to the Board of Planning and Zoning the other day, and I've been so anxious about some things. And there's some pastor's wife that works in there, and she just looked at me. She said, it's going to be all right. Don't you understand? Yeah, you get to go home and leave this job here and you get a long memorial. I didn't say that. I just said, thank you. And I'm, yeah. She said, no, it's going to be all right. I had no idea. It was all right. It was taken care of that morning in a, well, just a God way. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, go into all the world, but before you do, you wait, wait, wait. After salvation, it clothes us and fills us with His power. No wonder Paul said, be filled with the Spirit and keep on being filled. Praise God. I want the band to come if they would right now. It's an act of worship today. I'm going I'm to ask everyone to stand if you would. Everyone stand this morning. I want to, uh, I'd like if you, if you're here this morning and I want to give you an opportunity to, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to turn your life over to God, if that's you, would you just lift your hand wherever you are, just lift it up real high, we're not going to embarrass you, but just lift it up wherever you are, yes, I see your hand, yes, are there others this morning? Yes, are there other hands this morning? Yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. 
I've asked the band to play this song, What a Beautiful Name It Is, and I, I just, I felt this morning I want to open the altars up so that you can come and I can come and say, Lord, we just present ourselves and this is a sign that we want you, we long for you, we long for the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you lead us, would you guide us? And as the band begins to play and sing this, I'm going to invite you that would you come and would you join me this morning and let's worship God. And, and as they sing these songs, ask the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, make that real. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you magnify Jesus in my life? Oh, Holy Spirit, you have a beautiful name. Would you lift him up in my life? And as we do that, we'll present ourselves to the Lord. And so would you come right now as they begin to sing and minister. God bless you.